So, and uh, tonight at Urban Refuge is going to be another opportunity for us to, to uh, celebrate Martin Luther King. And uh, Martin Luther King, as I was at the, the Sounds of Blackness, and of course it just reminded me of other times I've seen him, but he, there was something that made uh, the Civil Rights Movement unique. What was it built on? What was the foundation for it? If you listen to, so they, they were going between uh, singing and worship songs and, and uh, work songs and African songs, different things, but also snippets of Martin Luther King speaking, but really all the time he's weaving in what? Scripture. All the time. He was a preacher. And not only was he weaving in Scripture, but it was also organized in the church. It matters to have organized religion. Organized religion is what makes the civil rights movement because it was organized in churches. And it was based on the Word of God and challenging people to understand the Word of God and challenging people to listen to each other in what the Word of God said. So, um, our topic today, Seeking Treasure Down, True to the Word. So, we talked last week about what do you want? What are your goals and what motivates you to seek them? And we suggested that you might want to seek treasure. That's our theme for the year, 2023, year to seek treasure. And we uh, went digging for some treasure last week as we were uh, looking at this passage. Um, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is something worth seeking. It's a treasure. And why would we be motivated to seek it? Because of the joy of receiving treasure. It's worth everything for the joy of receiving that treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his justice. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So it was worth everything with joy. Is the kingdom of heaven worth that to you? If not, is it because you haven't already noticed the treasure? How do we seek that treasure this, week, this year? So, we in this house of prayer for all nations are going to seek treasure in every direction this year. So, Bethel Christian Fellowship is a house of prayer for all nations. We're going to look down, up, in, out, and today we're going to look down for treasure. We're going to look at that word down, and that's the, so keep that in mind. We're going to talk about down a few different ways. So pay attention. Um, so we're going to start with, why do we call this place Bethel? So what I, as we're doing this, I'm, I'm pulling in the things from our leaders retreat when we talked about vision and values, and this is one of the scriptures that we looked at. And what was really interesting was as we pulled the values together, there were a lot of commonalities. And I'm talking this time about the one that was number one for, I think, pretty much every table, although they said it different ways. Uh, and we talked about Genesis 28, which is where this story happens. Jacob was running away because he'd been trying to get the blessing by himself. He messed things up. He was grasping, and he ended up running away from his own brother. Jacob found us. He was at the lowest possible, having messed up everything. And then Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep as he's running away. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. 
So Bethel, the stairway down from Yahweh, is what we see that God revealed himself to Jacob. Not because Jacob was so good. In fact, he was running away from all the problems that he caused himself. He was a mess. It wasn't that he was so good. So it's true, sometimes we don't seek God. The truth is, he's seeking us, right? And he comes after us. Sometimes we turn around and notice that he's after us. But that, that uh, you know, the, the idea is that ziggurat that was in Babel was people trying to make their way up to God. But it was really God coming down in his grace to Jacob. So grace, in his grace, he pro- there's a promise of protection, a provision, a purpose, and one more thing. Pay attention. There's one more that I didn't put up there. I want you to pay attention to what the other P is here. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, Yahweh, and he said, I am Yahweh, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east, to the north and the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed, all nations, through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day, you will, I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've finished giving you everything I have promised you. So up there, I have a promise of protection, provision, and purpose to bless all nations. What's the one thing missing? God's presence. That's right. I am with you. God with us. God coming down to be with us. He created us. He walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. They turned away from him. But he's continued to seek us. That coming down to us. That revelation of himself to us is what's key. It's why we are Bethel. The Lord, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely Yahweh is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. This, none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Again, those stairways were the gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone, he rested his head against, and he set it up upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bet-El, Bethel, which means house of God. That is house, El is God. We call this place Bethel because where God meets us. Not just this place, but this people is where God meets us, brings his presence, gives us his promises, calls us into his purposes. So why do we say house of prayer for all nations? I mean, a home in many ways expresses more what we're talking about. It's not really about a place, but it's back to this scripture, this house of God, God's residence among us. So the down arrow, the down is God coming to us, God revealing himself to us, God showing himself, speaking to us. And when we say house of prayer for all nations, we don't even say that very explicitly except it refers back to this of God showing up. 
having his house, his presence coming to us in this house. And by the way, our logo has this mosaic. Dwayne did this for us. It's got the, these different kinds of pieces all put together because we're different pieces, different colors. We're going to talk about different parts of the open door and all that kind of stuff. But it starts with God coming down to us, revealing himself to us. Way back in the uh, early 90s, maybe 1990 or so, I, I, I drew this as that Bethel, that gate of God, that connection to blessing all the nations of the earth. We are that place where God shows up with his promise and his purposes. There is true treasure in God's revelation to us, his word to us, his presence with us. He comes in this time, he comes in the tabernacle and the temple and in Jesus himself. It says in John, he, Jesus is the word, the expression. The sp it's hard to find the right. <laughs> revelation is too fancy. Word is not just speech because Jesus was the word in flesh, right? God reveals himself to us in so many different ways. But there is true treasure in God's word to us. It's true. And it's a treasure. And his word through Jesus, through all of this that God has shown, Jesus is God's word. And we seek God's word in the Bible because God's word records his words, his experiences, God's people experiences with it. And those are programmatic. Okay? So the Spirit still, still speaks to us, but he never speaks something different than he spoke before. And he speaks out of his word. Sometimes he speaks other ways. But we always know if it's the Spirit because we say, well, that sounds like what I've heard before in the word. And if it doesn't, you go, I don't think so. Because it can't, the Spirit's not going to contradict himself. So we seek true treasure in God's word. Now, if, if you don't trust Scripture to be your truth, then you've got to find truth someplace else, right? And I don't know if you've got something more trustworthy than what God has said and what is, the church has agreed is his standard word, but it's a true treasure. So this has been a key thing that we have said. In fact, when we say House of Prayer for All Nations, we don't say this because previously, under Pastor Jacob said that this is one of the things we said a lot. We are true to the Word. And in fact, we don't say it because we are, we just assume it, actually. It's kind of like the foundation that you don't even see. When we say House of Prayer for All Nations, of course, we're quoting Scripture, right? We're talking about the house as in Bethel, we're talking, but this was the number one value that people picked up on. What are our values? As people each wrote individual things and they put them together at the tables and then each table said something. People said things like knowing God or true to the word or other things like that. At Bethel Christian Fellowship, our number one value is that it all comes from God and that we're going to be true to what God has shown us. We are true to the Word. Now, we tended to say true to the Word and alive in the Spirit. Now, we add the and alive in the Spirit because it's not really a contradiction. It's just that God is still talking. He's still talking through His Word. He's still talking other ways. It's not different. 
It's not contradicting his word. But we're true to the word and alive in the spirit. One of the things that came out as we talked about our values was this word and. Because a lot of places you can be something. But we want to be and. We're an and church. We'll talk about that more. But we are an and church. We want to do things that sometimes people put together. So sometimes people think of a church that's true to the word as like stuffy, orthodox, just get through the Greek and, and make that. And other people think of, oh, alive in the spirit. They're just kind of all over the place. And you're not quite sure if it's biblical or not, but it's, it's fun. We're both. We want to have fun, but we want it to be true. And we want to get down to what the word really says, but we want to be alive in the spirit as well. True to the word and alive in the spirit is not a, it's the same thing because the spirit gave us the word. Right? And he's still speaking to us from his word and in other ways. But we can always check if it's true with the word. Right? And then just one other thing, true to the word and alive in the spirit as a church. So this is not only you individually being true to the word and alive in the spirit, but it really helps if you have a church. And it really helps if that church is local and international and historical. Why? It helps if you have a local church where you are present, where you are talking to people about what God's saying to you, about what you're seeing in the Word, and where you can share with other people. They can learn from you, and you can learn from them. And then, also they can go, about that Could you, let's check that out let's pray about are you sure show me how you found that in scripture could you it really helps have face-to-face -face interaction this is what we do in our small groups in our classes in this time right here it's important to be true to the word in a local place not just by yourself now it's okay if you're online once in a while pearly we know you're tired and it's okay to be home for today Thanks for showing up online. Kimberly, others who are showing up online with us, they're texting back and forth, connecting with each other. That's okay. But we're still in relationship. All right? We also need to be in relationship with all nations, all cultures, all peoples, everywhere, because that corrects our tendencies. You get what I'm saying? We easily get skewed into looking at things from our perspective and what's good for us. Okay? Isn't that right? It helps to have people from someplace else say, I don't know about that. From my perspective, it seems like that. And then we can have a dialogue back and forth. And we don't have that dialogue. We have, we can get skewed. For example, it's Martin Luther King Day. As long as white people were just talking to each other about what, what Scripture said, they got things messed up. Right? They were justifying the economic oppression that worked good for them. It wasn't oppression to them. It was privilege for them. Right? But Martin Luther King, leading the black church, could say, hey, that's not what I see. What about the Exodus? What about Moses? What about the abolitionists could say, what does Scripture say? And people could twist Scripture, and they managed. So we're very human. We like to twist Scripture to be to our advantage. Right? 
We all do. That's why we need each other. So somebody from a different perspective can say, well, that sounds good to you, but that doesn't sound so great to me. Let's go back to Scripture and see what it really says. Are you following me? I need you to correct me. And I need an international, intercultural church to correct me. You following me? When we talk about the border, I need to ask Honas, what's on the other side of that border? Because <laughs> there's other things on the other side of the border. <laughs> there's other things, other places in the world that can correct us, right? And we get such beautiful visions and people see things. When, my time in Africa, I learned so much about Scripture from people looking at it differently. I learned new things. It's also a historical church. My daughter Hannah was, was just about ready to go to a church. Then she started feeling like, you know, the, the hermeneutics in this church, the, the way they interpret Scripture seems kind of off. So she went to the pastor and said, you know, how is it that you come up with Scripture? She said, I just read the Bible. You just read the text like a hundred times. Just don't, and I try to find something new in there. And she said, like, new like it's never, ever been seen before? He said, yeah. She's like, really? No one's ever seen that in there before? She decided to go to a different church. Because the reality is we want to see things in new ways that have always been there. We want to see what Paul said to the Philippians in a new way that applies to us in our situation. But if you hear an interpretation that the church has never thought of for 2,000 years, and now we're thinking of it this way, double check. Read Luther, read Augustine, see, see what they said. Chances are it's a heresy that's been dealt with before, actually. That's what often happens. See how they dealt with it last time. So we are a local, international, and historical church. So the Bible is there for us. The Bible is our foundation. But we need help. It helps to have the Spirit and the church helping us interpret what God is saying to us. You with me? How are we true to the Word? Um, so I want to just... Uh, <clears throat> I used this before, but we said Jesus is the foundation stone, and that foundation stone is the foundation of what we pay attention to. We are seeking treasure in another way, too. How do we do that? First of all, we're going to get to this in a minute. How do we do that? We read, we study, we meditate, we listen to others, and we obey. Put out your hand, would you? Okay, now, one finger, read, study, meditate, listen to others. That's good, right? How much can you, how much can you grab with that? You can grab a little bit, right? But it's not very strong. There, he did it, he did it. You can manage, but it's not much, right? Until you get the last one, obey. It's really strong when you can obey when you get that opposing thumb in there, right? That's what we need to really get a grip on Scripture. 2 Timothy 3 says this, 
but you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true. For you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Scripture teaches us how to trust Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God, by His Spirit. And it's useful to teach us what's true. Hey, folks, I need Scripture to teach me what's true. There's a whole lot of stuff out there, and I don't know what's true and what's not. I think I do, but I don't necessarily. (laughs) We all think we do, right? But I need Scripture to teach me what's true. Now, Somebody said, you know, the things, that, the things that I hear, the things that I read, I don't remember everything, you know, and so what, what good is it? Because I don't remember it all. But somebody says, it's kind of like a filter. If you take pictures on your iPhone, some of you play with the filters, and filters can make things look better, different, good, right? As you read things, they create filters for you that help you see the world in a particular way. If you're reading Scripture, you're going to see the world with those lenses, Martin Luther King saw the world with those lenses. He helped some of the rest of us see those too. Right? But if you're just listening to whatever your favorite channel is, your favorite news channel is, and your favorite social media channel, and that's your filter, uh, you know, maybe it helps. But you better be correcting it at least with this filter of Scripture. You following me? Because we know it's true. And I'm not sure if my news channel is true all the time. I try. Um, It's useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. He goes on to say, most of us like to get teachers who itch our ears and tell us what we like to believe already. Right? But Scripture tells me what's wrong with my perspective and what I'm doing. And that's good. Right? If I'm going the wrong way, I want to know. Scripture helps me. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. It doesn't just say stop it. It says here's how you do it. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So, Scripture is useful. It helps us to do every good work. But that's only if you're using the other thumb. Use it. Do it. If you just read it and absorb it, it might help, but it helps a lot more if you use it, right? You all took your permit. Some of you younger people have maybe recently gotten your permits or your licenses. There's one thing to get the permit and do the test, right? Another thing to do it, right? But it doesn't help if you, uh, my, my niece, probably heard in her, in her class that you're not supposed to break when you're going around a curve. But she forgot. Broke when she, and she was on a slippery curve and she did this and smashed up every side of the car. Doesn't help to know it unless you do it, right? It equips us to do every good thing. So it's the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Jesus says this at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. He concludes it with this, the do it part. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Listening doesn't cut it. 
He says, and follows it, is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. So Jesus is the foundation built on the apostles and prophets. And we line up, align our lives with that foundation. So it's built straight. The Word helps us to align our lives with the foundation, with Jesus' words, and make sure that we're building on a solid foundation and we're building aligned. True. True has another meaning, right? When a board is true, it's straight. When a, when a, when a uh, wall is built true to the foundation stone, it's straight and it's not going to fall over because it's leaning. Winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. So notice, here is my teaching. They heard his teaching. They read the Bible. They listened. They went to preachers. They heard, but doesn't obey it, is foolish. So if you listen your whole life to the word, but you don't do it, you're a fool. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods came and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The builder came and said, you know what? Uh, you know, you got to dig down to bedrock before you build. Get rid of all that topsoil. Build down to the bedrock before you can build. In our back area here, you know, we have uh, stairs that go nowhere. Does anybody know why we have stairs that go nowhere? Warren, why do we have stairs that go nowhere? They were going to build a second story back there. That was the plan, go up. And then they realized that it was built on a trash heap. And it wasn't stable enough to do a second story. Fortunately, it was stable enough to keep that story. But you've got to have good foundations. If you don't dig down five feet to the top of the footings here, ah, frost is going to get under there. and It's amazing what frost can do. Push your house all around. So, um, so I've got a couple ways I'm thinking about down here. One is it comes down from God. I mean, that's the way we think about it. It's not that God is way off in, in the galaxy someplace. But we think of it, every culture thinks of God as above them, right? Down, he's actually all around us. But down from God, his revelation, the stairway from Yahweh to us. The revelation of God to us. The other piece is that foundation. So we also look for treasure down that we build our life on. If you don't do that, things can happen. Um, Jan's brother David... Um, is known for uh, the trust edge. He has a hobby farm, um, and they, they tend to like to clear off the pond by their place and, and uh, skate. Been doing this for years. And they were a little late getting out there this year, partially because the tractor froze because it was so cold. But, uh, yeah, this was the end of the year. Uh, so, um, 
yeah, son got out there to try to plow some snow, and uh, they kept trying to get it, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> so if you don't have a solid foundation to your life, this is what happens. If you build on sand, that's what happens. I don't know what you're trusting, but great trust in thin ice is not helpful. Right? Um, so, you ever feel like your life is like that? Okay, some of us, let's be honest, we do or we have. Yeah. Because you meant to do what God said, but you didn't quite, and it worked a bunch of times, but then it didn't, right? Like it worked for Jacob. It seemed to be working for him, and then it didn't. Because he wasn't really depending on God. He wasn't building his life, doing what God said. Well, there's good news. There's grace. And there's rescue. So uh, Jesus came down to be in our situation. And there's other people willing to come down and be in your situation. And these people are willing to come down and be in David's situation for a price. Um, so we were out there yesterday and uh, watched what was happening. And they, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's amazing. Air can do a lot of things. So air was enough to lift up the back end of the tractor and uh, get a ramp underneath of it. And then, uh, you know, God can pull us out of a lot of things. So they managed to uh, get the tractor out. It's on the trailer. It's going to take a little fixing. Uh, fortunately, they have pretty good insurance. But there's hope. You might say, well, I wish I'd known when I was younger to build my life a little more. There's hope. If you're here today and you say, oh, that's good, tell the young people so they don't mess up like I did. There's hope for all of us. Because all of us need God's grace. And he can help us rebuild on a solid foundation. So God coming down to us, revealing himself to us. So seeking treasure in 2023, what keeps you from the word? Would you give yourself a minute and think about a reason that keeps you from the Word? Distraction. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. What kind of distractions? The Internet. Thank you. Me too. Busy lifestyle. Yeah, okay. Fatigue, yeah. Television, yeah. Naps, yeah, yeah. Somebody else? You guys are honest, I appreciate it. Huh? Priorities, yeah. Other priorities, right? Um, yeah, and you know, I've read the word. I've memorized stuff. I've, I've seen it before. I, I, I'm trained to novelty. 
So what's the news today? The news doesn't matter that much, but I still want to know because it's... And yet there's a lot of new stuff in the Word that I haven't got if I just spent some time with my shovel, right? So what helps you listen to the Word? Desperation, okay. Yep, when the ice starts to crack. <laughs> yeah, preferably we get there before, but it's honestly, that's a, that's a good motivation. Yep. Community, yeah. Uh-huh. And somebody else is reading it when you're doing it. Yep. What? Discipline, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Somebody else? Routine. Having a schedule. Um, yeah. One of the things I've... Part of it is have, having some way new to, to do it. So, so uh, apps and other stuff can distract me, so I try to use apps to help me too. So I get in the car, I can turn on the radio, or I can put, you know, Matthew or the Psalms in the message. And there's all these translations. You version. I can turn it on, and I can be listening to that while I'm driving. And uh, in other words, filling in, finding ways. Um, Rick Warren suggests when you, when, before you go to bed, read some until you find something that, that speaks to you, and then go to bed, sleep, and when you wake, wake up, have it there and, and read it first. I've tried that. I'm not consistent. So anyway, there's a lot of things I'm not consistent about. So consistency is one of the things that helps us, right? Community helps us with consistency. We, and we have, that's part of why we're doing this Bible project thing together, where we're trying to encourage each other. And the good thing is that there's an app for it. And so uh, the, you saw the, this, the code earlier, and you got it in your email, so you can scan that. We can all start tomorrow on, uh, on app with the Bible project through the New Testament. Or you can pick a different reading plan, but that way we can do it together. And there's some new stuff in there, some new videos you haven't seen. Give a little novelty to make you interested. Bible studies, we have different studies together. Community, there's a new one that just started with, with Richard and, and uh, Vicki. So there's opportunities for us to be in community. So reading the Bible together. So what helps you obey? The Word, listening, okay. I'll let you think about that one. Let's begin reading the New Testament together. Um, this is a year to seek to, where the, the worship team come up? This is our year to seek treasure. So let's start with seeking treasure down. What God has revealed down to us, could it be the foundation of our lives? As we listen, read, study, meditate together, and then obey individually and together. I know this is not stuff you haven't heard before. It's uh, simple to hear and not always easy to do. But uh, Lord, we want to pray that you would help us. I pray that you'd help me in this year. I want to seek treasure as much as I know it's treasure. I want to seek truth and I want to live my life true to you, to your word, to your truth. Would you help us? Would you help me to do that? Individually, help us to hear you, help us to obey. Thank you for your grace that lifts us up 
when we haven't obeyed. And that puts us back on solid ground. Now there's somebody here who's feeling defeated because they didn't listen, they didn't obey at least, and they got stuck. Lord, I pray that you would give them assurance that you are coming down to them, ready to rescue them and lift them up, set their feet on solid ground again. God, thank you for your goodness and your grace to us, that we can be true to the word by the power of your spirit. You are above all, you are different, you are separate, you are not part of this creation that you made. You are holy, and yet you come down to us, enter into our world, show yourself to us, speak to us. Thank you. Open our eyes so we can see you, our ears so we can hear you. And then take our hands and our feet and our mouths. Help us to serve you. This week. Help us to hear you, follow you, serve you this week. In Jesus' name. So go in the name of the Father who loves you. Jesus, the word who came to you the Spirit who guides you into all truth and seek treasure this week. Find it, do it. Bless you. Amen.